This podcast has been prepared exclusively for institutional, wholesale, professional clients, and qualified investors only, as defined by local laws and regulations. Please read other important information, which can be found on the link at the end of the podcast episode. Good morning and welcome to the Eye on the Market podcast. Uh, This is our last podcast for the year. This is the holiday version called War of the Worlds, uh, Life at Home in 2019, which I'll explain in a minute. Uh, Just some administrative notes. Our 2020 outlook is going to come out on January 1st, and we'll talk about all the usual suspects about market and investments, including what's going on with uh, IPOs, the China slowdown, the outperformance of U.S. equities versus the rest of the world, Uh, the death of inflation, negative interest rates in Europe, uh, why we don't think there's going to be a recession next year in the U.S., but what markets may suffer the most when there eventually is. Uh, There was a lot of obsession about recession in 2019. Uh, Even so, it was an extraordinary year for investors. The only chink in the armor was that the rally in 2019 was based almost entirely on multiple expansion in contrast to the prior nine or ten years when the rally was based in the U.S. anyway, uh, almost exclusively by earnings growth. Uh, In any case, um, I wanted to share with you what happened on a recent Tuesday evening at home. Um, I showed my spouse some charts I had created on Hong Kong and China. Uh, from From 1981 to 2011, China engineered the largest leap in living standards in modern history. Uh, and we have a chart here that shows you uh, China's economic transformation in context. Their per capita GDP gain over the, that 30-year period was greater than any other country's gains over any 30-year period you could pick. That said, China was able to do this while prioritizing the needs of the state over the rights of the individual in the most pervasive way that you could possibly imagine. And we have a chart here that shows almost all the countries in the world um, on on a ranking that includes things like judicial system independence, due process under the law, freedom of the press, freedom of expression, religious freedoms, perception of public sector corruption, protection of individual rights, and then military involvement in the rule of law or politics. And here, uh, both Hong Kong and Taiwan rank alongside countries in the developed world like France and Germany and Ireland and the U.S. China, on the other hand, is all the way at the bottom of this chart. And if it weren't for Libya and Chad, uh, China would have the worst ranking in the world, or at least lowest ranking in the world. Let's avoid making a value judgment at this point. The lowest ranking in the world with respect to protecting the rights of the individual versus the state. Uh, Anyway, I thought these charts were interesting in their own right, But somehow, and this seems to happen a lot, I think to a lot of people these days, uh, my spouse made the discussion about Trump as well. And I was confused since I didn't really see a connection between Trump and what's going on in the conflict between China and Hong Kong. Uh, And then I realized that this kind of disconnect reflects the fact that my spouse and I live in two very different worlds of information. And I decided to illustrate these two worlds that we both live in uh, with two very different charts. So first, let me explain the chart that illustrates my world. And obviously, this eye on the market is best viewed, uh, uh, seen visually with the charts rather than through this podcast. But let me try to create the uh, illusion for you. So here's the chart from my world. Uh, We went back and collected data on unemployment, payroll growth, home prices, 
U.S. per capita GDP versus other G10 countries, equity market returns and volatility, consumer price inflation, producer price inflation. And we went all the way back to 1896. And this is what we found, that Trump, as an incumbent, is benefiting from the strongest tailwinds on record, using these particular set of variables, which go back that far. Uh, and I'm using the word benefits from these tailwinds because it's impossible to figure out which one of these tailwinds this administration is responsible for, uh, and which they're not, and are due to cyclical improvements that began under the Obama administration, easy Fed policy, unsustainable fiscal deficits, you know the rest. Um, what's interesting, though, is that with the exception of Taft in 1912, the only incumbent presidents that ever lost did so when this tailwind measure we've created was, was pretty bad. So uh, Bush the senior, Carter, Ford, and Hoover were the presidents that, incumbent presidents that lost, and they did so when this measure was pretty low. And to reiterate, Trump's got the highest tailwind measure of all of the uh, in, uh, elections that we have seen dating back to 1896. Now, this is not a comment on Trump's re-election chances. He happens to trail a lot of possible candidates in early polls. It's simply to say that if Trump uh, ends up not getting impeached by the House and Senate and were to go ahead and run and lose the election in 2020, it could easily be described as, as, as the greatest presidential fumble of economic and market tailwinds in modern history. But the point is that the chart from my world shows pretty strong tailwinds as we sit here at the end of 2019. For contrast, here is a chart from my spouse's world, which is a very different place. And to be clear, I, uh, uh, I am publishing this Eye on the Market on a day when uh, Rachel is out of town and out of the country for a couple of days, which may work to my advantage. But anyway, using transcripts of the two most popular shows on her favorite network, CNN and MSNBC, my team and I went back and we kept a tally of all the topics that were covered every night. And we started in September 2018 and ended in September 2019 before the onset of the whole Ukraine political interference scandal. So in other words, a year of topic counts for, for the following four shows. Cuomo Prime Time, Anderson Cooper 360, The Rachel Maddow Show, and The Last Word with Lawrence O'Donnell. And again, these are the four most popular shows on these two networks according to ratings. So uh, what you see in the chart is hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of shows on the Mueller investigation, uh, asylum and immigration, Trump administration corruption, and then a broad category that you can describe as Trump is either inept or erratic or mendacious or biased or etc. etc. And then um, another bunch of shows that, that, that covered natural disasters and gun violence and, and North Korea and the trade war and data privacy. And uh, at the very bottom of the chart, um, there were, I think, two shows on positive economic news. Now, I understand uh, that these shows are primarily news shows. And I also agree that from an investor's perspective, the president merits a lot of the, the coverage that he's getting on these topics related to the, the Russian interference and, and a lot of the other issues related to corruption, uh, we have a global growth and policy model. And the two variables in there, there's 128 variables in every country in the world. And the two variables that have the highest correlation to a country's per capita GDP are rule of law and an uncorrupt government. So uh, I'm in agreement that these topics are very important to, to, to everybody, but also to investors. 
Um, even so, it is kind of remarkable that in my spouse's world, there's so little attention paid to the positive economic news of the day, a lot of which has occurred since 2016. And when you look at this tiny little bar on the chart showing how infrequently these shows report on it, it's no small wonder that my wife and I talk past each other, uh, talk, talk past each other sometimes when we talk about these issues. And here are some examples of the positive economic news, and we've got some charts in here to illustrate this. Wages are now rising across all levels of income, with wage growth of the lowest income workers growing the fastest. We've got the highest rate of job vacancies in 20 years, particularly in construction. We've seen the first sustained pickup in manufacturing dynamism since 2009, and that's a phrase that talks about new hires in manufacturing and people quitting voluntarily in manufacturing, which they don't do unless they think they can get another job. Consumer confidence surveys are now back to pre-crisis levels. We have the lowest household debt service uh, relative to income obligations in 40 years. We have the lowest misery rate since the 1960, which looks at inflation plus unemployment. And we, we looked at that measure, and it's the lowest on record for all citizens, as well as for women and for African Americans. There's been a substantial rebound in labor force participation rates since 2016, uh, and some similar gains in small business optimism. So, um, so it, it is kind of remarkable to me that so little attention is paid to it. But, but when you look at this... Um, this chart uh, that shows the topic count, uh, that's pretty much the, the, uh, a proxy for the world that my spouse lives in. So anyway, um, we enjoy talking about these things with, with one another, and I, and I hope you do as well. And I just wanted to share that with you as we close out 2019. Uh, I want to wish everybody a very happy holiday season, and we will communicate with you again digitally on January 1st. So. Michael Semblis, Eye on the Market, offers a unique perspective on the economy, current events, markets, and investment portfolios, and is a production of J.P. Morgan Asset and Wealth Management. Michael Semblis is the Chairman of Market and Investment Strategy for J.P. Morgan Asset Management and is one of our most renowned and provocative speakers. For more information, please subscribe to the Eye on the Market by contacting your J.P. Morgan representative. If you'd like to hear more, please explore episodes on iTunes or on our website. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and is a communication on behalf of J.P. Morgan Institutional Investments, Incorporated. Views may not be suitable for all investors and are not intended as personal investment advice or as solicitation or recommendation. Outlooks and past performance are never guarantees of future results. This is not investment research. Please read other important information which can be found at www.jpmorgan.com forward slash disclaimer dash EOTM.